At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. It is hour number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Thanks for spending part of your Wednesday with us. It's Michael Lombardi. I'm Ben Wilson in for Patrick Maher. We'll see Patrick back on the show tomorrow. Harry Gagnon in hour number two, who joins us every single Wednesday. He'll join us in about a half hour talking his week nine plays. Harry, part of the Degenerate Trifecta Against All Odds podcast with Cousin Sal. Michael, just putting a bow on trade deadline. We talked about some of the big moves at the top of the show. As we go rapid fire, some of the other moves might not have an immediate impact, but still want to get your thoughts. And we're not really sure what to make of this Calvin Ridley to Jacksonville situation because he's suspended for the rest of the year. He bet on the Falcons to beat the Jaguars. That was the bet he got busted for. And now he finds himself a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What what do you see being the reasoning or the impact behind this move here for Ridley? Well, I mean, look, I've said this all year. I I think Jacksonville is really a talented team. I think they underachieve. This losing streak is an indication of them not, 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 not a lack of talent, but a lack of strategy in game. And they need another receiver. I mean, Christian Kirk is what, even though they paid him $18 million a year, he's still a third receiver or maybe a good two, but he's certainly not a one. And Calvin Ridley is a one. I mean, we forget, right? We forget how good Calvin Ridley was before last year, before he had the depression and the off-the-field incident, and then he had this this gambling, which, I mean, what did he bet, $100, I think, something like that? Wasn't much. I mean, much. They're, obviously, they're obviously making a point, which is a good point to make, about the – the, the, the integrity of the game, I support that completely. 
But that being said, once he comes back, this gives them a legitimate, a legitimate player. Now, they also have two more years on this contract because when a player gets suspended, his contract gets told. And told means his contract just stays there. It doesn't change. So he'll come back and play 2023 under the 22 contract, and then he'll play 24 under the 23 contract. So they have two years of him at a really good deal. They didn't pay the signing bonus. So it's. I think it's a really smart long-term deal for Jacksonville. I think it's a really good mm-hmm. deal. It doesn't help them today, but now they don't have to go into the market next year and sign another receiver. Especially when we saw it, the valuations of wide receivers just explode this past offseason. And as you talked about with Christian Kirk, he got a whole gob of money to come to Jacksonville. Ridley can apply for reinstatement starting February 15th of 2023. But if you're Trent Baalke, the Jaguars GM, I would imagine, Michael, you at least had some sort of intel that told you you, you feel confident in bringing him in and that some of the mental health issues the, when you go and gamble on, on your team and get a year-long suspension are at least behind you. There's, there's got to be some level of confidence, I'd think, if you're making that commitment, even at a discounted number that you're getting Ridley in. Well, I mean, plus he put a bunch of conditions in there. These, these picks are all conditional. So he's got himself set up. It's really going to be nothing to, to worry about. It's all conditional stuff. So, you know, it's look, he takes a chance. It's a good chance to take because if he gets rid the Ridley that we remember from, uh, let's see, what year was it? We're, uh, from 2020, that, that's, a, that's, an, that's an outside number one receiver in the National Football League. And, yeah, you go back to the numbers on Ridley, 1,374 yards, 90 catches that, that season you're referencing. It's a guy who can be pretty productive and a Jacksonville team that has been very much an underachiever so far. So from the team he leaves, Calvin Ridley, from Atlanta going to Miami, Falcons were also active at least bringing somebody in, a team now that is right there in the mix for the NFC South. They get Rashad Fenton, a corner from the Chiefs. A little surprising to see a team like Kansas City and a contender trading a guy like that to a a franchise in Atlanta, desperate for some reinforcements in the secondary. We've seen A.J. Terrell banged up the last couple of weeks, and we saw how exposed that Falcon secondary looked last week against Carolina. Is there a real impact with Fenton now coming into an Atlanta team, desperate for some uh, DB help? Well, I mean, they need it so badly, right? They need it so badly. If Terrell's hurt, Jalen Hawkins has been hurt. I mean, they're really beat up in the back end, and, and Really, Carolina threw for over 300 yards against them, and I think actually there was a couple throws that they just missed. They could have thrown for 500 yards again. I mean, it wasn't very – and they didn't get enough pressure. I mean, Grady Jarrett didn't make a play in the game. That's what's got to be so alarming. I mean, I think ultimately Lorenzo Carter's play was the difference in the game. They're throwing a screen, and he intercepts it for a touchdown. So, you know, yeah, I mean, anything can help. This will be an interesting game this week, Ben, as it relates to the Chargers coming – They're going to have a hard time handling the Chargers, especially, you know, I know Mike Williams isn't going to play, but the Chargers receivers are going to be really good, and Herbert's great, and he should be 100% healthy. And, look, the Chargers' offensive line's the big issue. Can they protect? But the other thing is, can the Chargers have the ball? I mean, Atlanta's done a wonderful job of creating a situation where they keep the football away from their opponents. What's big about today on that line, too, from the injury front on Atlanta, I would argue outside of the Monday night game between Baltimore and New Orleans, which will be the most injury-dependent line move we see all week, this this line has started to move off the three. It's been Chargers three most of the week. There were rumors early on Cordero Patterson, the running back for Atlanta, might be able to give it a go this week. He's listed as questionable. 
Terrell still listed as questionable in the secondary with the injury, but it, it seems based on the market here, Michael, like there is some pessimism about Atlanta actually getting those guys back. And when you consider how exposed they looked without their key pieces the last couple weeks, uh, that, that makes it hard to, to blindly want to back them, especially coming against an L.A. Charger team fresh off a of bye who presumably will have had some time to clean things up. I don't know how much you really believe that to be the case with Brandon <laughs> Staley as head coach. But that market is telling you maybe the injury news is not going to be as good as we maybe thought it would be on Monday. I mean, in, in all honesty, um, I'm honest every day, but it, it is a breakdown. The Chargers should be more of a four- or five-point favorite. They should be. They're more talented. They, have, they can do the one thing that the Falcons can't do. They can throw the ball, and the Falcons can't defend the pass. And because they can throw the ball, that means they're going to score points. Now, the Falcons can't really throw the ball very effectively, but what they can do against a Charger team that hasn't been very good is run the ball, whether they have Patterson or not. They've been able to run the ball with Huntley. They've been able to do this with Mariota. I mean, Mariota is like last – I mean, they don't, they don't throw incomplete passes. They don't throw incomplete – they're the number one team in not throwing incomplete passes. So they're able to control the pace of the game, and that keeps, that keeps Herbert really defended the best when he's on the sideline. The books who have gone up from that three, Michael, now at this point, and you talk about where you think that line probably ought to be, now at three and a half and a couple shops, and the threes are still out there, are heavily juiced to the Chargers like the ones we're seeing right now at BetMGM. One other move, get the quick rapid-fire thought on, is the intra-division move. Lions trading tight end TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we'll get into the, this Vikings team discussion next segment as to how we feel like are they really being evaluated properly by the market. But with tight end Irv Smith Jr. out, rumored 8 to 10 weeks with his eye ankle sprain, you bring in one of the elite weapons that Detroit at least had in division. Uh, from the intra-division standpoint, Michael, and you see what the Lions got back in return, a second next year, third in 2024. Surprised to you that a relatively young guy like Hawkinson, former first-round pick, would not just get dealt, but get dealt to a division rival in the manner that he did? Yeah, I mean, the deal was overwhelming. They had to take it, right? I mean, it was so overwhelming. They had to take it in division. But it's, you know, to me, it sets up really nicely for Minnesota because they get an inside receiver to go along with Dalvin Cook or Madison as their nickelback. And they've got Jefferson on the outside and still have Thielen. So it's really kind of a challenge. How do you want to play this team? You know, and when they run the ball like they did last week against Arizona, although they stopped running it, they're really effective. And it's going to do a lot of good for Kirk Cousins, who wants to throw the ball in the middle of the field. And he's got Jefferson on the outside that'll make a play for him. So, you know, build strength on strength. I think this gives them a really good chance to continue to go and be productive. And look, it's their time to win the North. I mean, Green Bay doesn't look like they're going to turn this thing around easily. I think Green Bay can start winning some games. But when they play against the better teams, I think Green Bay's problems are going to come to the front forefront, which is, A, they really don't, they don't force incomplete passes, and B, they, don't, they can't really throw the football effectively. And you think about Green Bay and the lack of movement at the trade deadline. There were all these rumors. Packers wanted a wide receiver on a rookie deal, somebody they could at least have on team control. When you think about all the cap issues Green Bay has, as it stands already right now, they're pretty much at their cap limit heading into next year, partially because of the Aaron Rodgers restructured contract they, they gave him last season. But Green Bay, once again, does not make a move at the trade deadline. Well, Michael I mean, they and, were and they're standing pat here. They were never going to get Claypool unless they offered more than a second. Like, the, I mean, you don't have to be a mathematician here to know that Chicago, that Chicago's two is going to be better than Green Bay's two, right? I mean, 
you're taking, you know, so Green Bay was going to, if Green Bay offered a two and a four, they would have gotten them. They were offered a two and a four, they would have gotten them. And so, but they didn't, you know, they didn't. And so they, they, you know, that four that they didn't offer is going to, you know, how good of that player will be, who knows? But to me, the only chance, once you knew Chicago was in the game with you and you could you can't win the hand unless you do something different. And Green Bay is, you can call them conservative. You can call them disciplined. I think sometimes they, they spite themselves for these draft picks because at, at the end of the day, they don't all work out either. So they get they don't give up that fourth to go all in, and now all of a sudden they don't get Claypool. They were never going to get Claypool with the Bears in it. I mean, they would have gotten them for a two if somebody else was in it, but who? Like, that's the thing people don't understand. My two, you know, Denver's taking a chance. Denver got a one for Chubb. Mm-hmm. Well, they were only going to get a three in the compensatory. If somebody was offering them a high two, would they have taken it? Yeah, but they got Miami's one, so it's going to be somewhere between 15 and 25, let's say. Okay, I'll take that deal. It is such a good point because we look at the picks coming back and we sign it all oh, second or third or in a conditional fourth or whatever. We never really consider, well, where in the order actually is that and how much of a difference is there between, say, top six in that second round versus say 18th. I think it's a really good point you bring up. We don't, I don't think we ever really account for that. But we're doing and these the reason, And the reason I said they would have to throw a fourth in is because to go from green base two to Chicago's two would probably cost you a fourth to get up there. Makes sense. I'm not even, I'm not even very good at math, but even you can help me understand that. I, I get it. What you're saying Packers come up empty once again at the trade deadline, but you talk about Minnesota now, heavy, heavy favorites to win the NFC North. They would be the two-seed if the playoffs started today, yet not getting much buzz in the futures market. We'll discuss Minnesota next now that we have the odds shifting here post-trade deadline. Is there some value on the Vikings? How does the NFC stand, and can somebody, anybody, knock off Philadelphia? We'll have that discussion next on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Get everything VSIN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. Sign up now and get VSIN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl, including our Pro Picks Daily Recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, pro tips with actionable insights to up your betting game. Deep dive daily betting reports on the NBA, NHL, and MLB playoffs, plus our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guide. Give yourself an edge. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe to get your $99 midseason special today. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. As we take a look now at the updated NFC playoff picture post-trade deadline and how those odds have changed, Michael, there's one team that continues to get disrespected by the market that when, at least for me, when I watch them, I test-wise, I just can't get there. It's the Minnesota yeah. Vikings. Yet, this is where it's always dangerous backing your own eyes, especially for someone like me. I've never been in a front office like you, Michael. I never played. But still, I'm not sold on Minnesota. The numbers, though, look really good. A 6-1 and one team who has been at least average to above average in basically every single category statistically this season. Is it time to start taking Minnesota more seriously in the futures market in the NFC? Well, you know, I'm such an idiot that I, I had them as a six-point favorite against the Cardinals, right? I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I, I looked at that and said, this is I'm, I'm wrong on Minnesota. It was one of the lines. I wrote about it last week. And, of course, naturally, I go on Chris Russo, and instead of trusting myself, I completely don't trust myself, and I take Arizona, and I end up being the loser because the, the loser that I am, along with Arizona, they turned the ball over you know, in the fourth quarter and have no – it should have had a chance to win the game but didn't. So, you know, I didn't trust them either. But when you examine these numbers, right, and when you really look at them, they're, they're one of the best – they are the best first-half defense in the National Football League in terms of numbers. They're one of the best third-down defenses in football, right? They, they have as many – they have as many – they have as many strengths 
in terms of the 17 criteria to winning as the Kansas City Chiefs do. They do. Third down defense, they're, they're, they're third. They're seventh on offense. Points per play offensively, they're seventh, right? First downs in a game, they're sixth. You know, and so the only category that they're not great in is punts per play, which affects us when we see the game. We see them punt a lot, right? But, you know, in the fourth quarter, they're the fifth best team. But They get to the red zone, the fourth best of any team in the league. And their offensive line protects their quarterback, the eighth best in the league. So, I mean, I, I can't deny it. I'm with you. I, they don't pass my eye test probably because they punt too much. But they're really mm-hmm. good, and they have no area. Other than that punt area at 23, which doesn't qualify as a red, they don't have any reds. It's partially, too, the fact that they've won the last five games since the one and one start, blew out Green Bay opening day, got blasted by Philadelphia on a Monday night on the road. All five games in this winning streak, they've all been by one score. There's that general sense that you flip one to two plays in any of those games, and this could be a, a team that's sitting around 500. I would think, Michael, that's where some of the AR, our lack of uh, excitement on this team comes from, and it's why the betting market is, uh, is probably the same way, right? When you, you think about how small the margins are in these games, I would say the Miami games, your best example of that, where they get outgained nearly double, yet are the beneficiaries of plus three in the turnover department and in a game where they looked like to the eyes, like they were viscerally outplayed for two hours and 45 minutes. They end up winning that game by a score. And, and that to me is kind of a microcosm of how they have looked for large swaths of these games. No, that, and I think that's part of the, pro- I mean, I was on Miami in that game because I felt like even though Skylar Thompson was playing that, you know, I mean, they were, you know, they're going to move the ball and they're going to, and they, and they did it. Miami just turned it over again. So, you know, look, I, I think when you watch this team and you, you study them, I think that they're very, you know, they just find a way to win. And you could say, well, they haven't played anybody yet. True. I mean, they got blown out by Philly, but every challenge that they face, whether it's been Miami, whether it's been Arizona at home, should have been a place where they struggle. Now they go into they go into Washington this week with the news of the sale, which I think will affect the players in a positive way because they know that eventually maybe some of the controversy will get cleaned up fairly soon. Washington's coming off with what a two game win streak. You know Washington's not very good. Thirtieth in points per play, twenty fifth in offensive line. You know I mean they're 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 one of the they're twenty seventh in red zone trips. You know they're twenty eighth in punts per play. So, I, 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 to me, they should be able, if they can block this front with Washington, they should be pretty good. If you look at, as you mentioned, Michael, the defenses that Minnesota has actually played, we'll flash up the schedule one more time, and the line for this game, by the way, has initially ticked up from Minnesota minus three up to Washington minus, I should say, up to Minnesota minus three and a half. That's pretty much where we sit right now, but just break down the defenses. Arizona, 18th in overall defense. You have Miami, 23rd. Bears are now 24th. Saints are the Saints are the team who are 11th, but were incredibly banged up in that London game, which was a very back and forth affair matchup. And then you have the Lions dead last. This has been well documented. So you now have a Washington team that's top 12, a group that has been really stout against the run, third overall this season. While their struggles have come more defending the past 16th, how do you envision that matchup playing out with what you just talked about and the ability of the Minnesota O-line to protect Kirk Cousins much better than they had in years past? I mean, look, you know, Washington seems like they play to their level, right? They beat Green Bay. Green Bay could have run the ball on them. You watch that tape. You watch that game. But Green Bay decided they wanted to get into a passing game with them. Green Bay's not a great, you know, I mean, Washington's not very good 
Offensively, they're kind of a mismatch of things. They can make a couple big plays down the field, but for the most part, they can't consistently drive the ball down the field. Their third down offense isn't good enough. You know, they're 21st in that category. They can't keep the ball. Points per play offensively, they're 29th. I mean, they don't score. And then the the red zone defense is 24th, so they don't score, and they and they'll give you points. And it really comes down to, I mean, that Tennessee game, it sticks in my head because Tennessee was getting killed in that game. And yet Tennessee still found a way to win the game. They turned the ball over at the end of the half. Now that was with Wentz, and Heineke seems to have a better relationship with the team, mm-hmm. and they seem to rally around them more. So I'm not a big Washington Commanders fan to play. I mean, my number on this game, Ben, believe this or not, I'm so far out on this game. My number is 8.56. Whoa! Well, it's a run to the window right now. Like, you don't bet games, but if you did, you'd be, you'd be but, running. But I mean, the to me, I, I, again, it, this is another week where I'm going to say, okay, so I was telling you this off air. This is how Minnesota has got everybody fooled. I, and I, somebody's and, and and people trust them, except I am not the guy that's been trusting them. So, you know, in my power rankings this week, Minnesota's the fourth best team. In my game code numbers, Minnesota's the third best team. They have as many strengths. As as the as the Kansas City Chiefs, they're in ten areas. They're in the top seven. I mean, they're third in my game code areas. I mean, they're really good. I mean, now they don't look pretty. That they don't. They're not pleasing to the eye. Mm-hmm. They punt too much. But the reality of it is, is they win games. And so they, when you win a bunch of close games, your team believes they can win close games. Still behind the 49ers and the Cowboys within the NFC. All right, it's fourth right now just in the NFC. Most books you can find six, six and a half to one right now on Minnesota. Again, laying three and a half in Washington this week. The other thing that jumps out to me when you look at the current playoff picture, Michael, it's the fact that we're basically halfway through this season and yet two teams who are leading their divisions, not just in the playoff picture, but leading their divisions. Seattle and Atlanta are both plus money to still make the playoffs in the Seahawks who are at plus 120 yeah. right now. Falcons at plus 140. That to me is wild. Don't you have to think at least of those two, one of them is going to find their way into the tournament, whether that's winning the division or being in a wild card position. Wouldn't, wouldn't you just presume based on the numbers so far? I would trust Seattle more. I know Atlanta beat Seattle out there earlier in the year, but the way Seattle has played defense and has improved defensively, you know, I don't, I don't hear that talk about losing Bobby Wagner as a problem anymore. Jordan Brooks just makes every tackle, right? I mean, the guy's a tackling machine. They're fast on defense. Like I told Mike Sando, they are fast. And offensively, Seattle, I'm watching them, and I watch them, and I'm thinking, they're running McVay, McVay's offense. And then I watch McVay against San Francisco, and they're not even running remotely the offense that he ran with. Jay. There's no more hard play action. There's no more. There's a ton of screens. I mean, they must have run. McVay must have called at least 12 screens in the first half against the, in, the, in, the, in the game against San Francisco. He knows he can't block them. He can't run them, and he can't block them. I, I think this, this Ram team is going to continue to dwindle down. You know, they couldn't make a trade at the deadline. They don't have enough good players. And San Francisco dominated the game in the second half. I mean, I, I, I think Seattle right now is playing better than they are. Mm-hmm. I think San Francisco will win the West. I think there's no doubt. In my mind, they're the better team. I think this Ram team is no longer the same. That They're the same name. They're not the same team. They can't do the same. They can't run the ball. And all this, McVay, I'm going to turn back to being emotional on the sideline. That was great when you could run the ball. You built your whole program on running it. They've become the Detroit Lions with Matthew Stafford. 
Amazing. Three and four going to three and five Tampa. We saw the graphic a moment ago. Two teams in the hunt, which was viewed and deemed as this massive meeting of the, the big teams in the NFC, both on the outside looking in right now. Uh, real quick before we hit a break, what did you make the line in Seahawks Cardinals this week down in Glendale? I mean, I have I have Seattle should be a, a four-point favorite. I mean, Four. I would be all over. Seattle beat them the first time. They did, yeah. I mean, they, they, they could try. And Seattle's actually playing better defensively now than when they were there before. No question. Limited Arizona to nine in that first game. It is Arizona minus one and a half or two. Still a lot of market support coming in on Seattle. This was as high on the look ahead as Arizona minus four. I like this, Michael. We've got some edges here based on the power rankings of the numbers so far. We'll see what Harry Gagnon likes in week number oh, I nine. Can't wait. The H-Dog joins us next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Sign up to bet the Breeders' Cup with Horse Racing's number one app, First Bet, and get a $10 free bet plus a 100% match of your first deposit up to $200. Use promo code HORSE200 to claim your offer. Breeders' Cup picks and insights on VEASAN.com are brought to you by First Bet. Go to VEASAN.com slash horses for details, including how to get their free Breeders' Cup wager guide. That's VEASAN.com slash horses. We're ready to go. Week 9 in the NFL with Harry Gagdon, who joins the show on the Lombardi line. Harry, you see his work at AAO Harry on Twitter, part of the Degenerate Trifecta with Cousin Sal and the Against All Odds podcast. Harry, we were just talking NFC playoff picture. You know, Michael tried to talk you out of the Rams last week. And, uh, <laughs> I know. Didn't, didn't, I didn't already, work. Uh, ben, I already, I already hit Mike up on Monday. Congratulate him. A nice job on the, uh, on the Niners. Like, emailed that game cold. Of course. He was, was, <laughs> yeah. all, uh, was all over. You know what you did hit, though, Harry? And I was with you on this. I had a, yep. a Cowboy-Falcon money line parlay. You had the Falcons as part of a four-teamer at over two uh, to one. Dude, what was going through your mind throughout the absolute zany back and forth nature of that Carolina Falcon final couple minutes? I can't even like it was like to get you know I've had people tell me you know nice nice job on the parlay you hit that but you got lucky I said lucky to have the Falcons how about the pass by by Walker to even get it he threw that thing sixty yards in the air to get to the end zone and for more to make the catch and then. The, Okay, yeah, the extra point thing with the helmet, yeah, sure, that was lucky. And then they missed a 32-yard field goal in overtime, and then Atlanta pulls the game out. But how about the bomb? That shouldn't have happened in the first place. Well, I mean, but I could come back with you and say the screen. I mean, you, interception for a touchdown off a screen, the, what's the probability oh. of that? You know, and that was essentially yeah. the difference in the game. I mean, I mean, I thought – I actually thought Carolina was going to win that game until it was 3.04 to go, and – Atlanta, which has no explosiveness offensively, went three plays and took the lead. You know, and I'm like, okay, right. that's it. You know, and so, but you know, look, I, I think those, I think Carolina is a better team than the market thinks it is, simply because they're finally getting good quarterback play. They've got skill play. I mean, DJ Moore, that 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 fourth and seventeen before uh, the bomb, where yeah, it, hits, it, it it hit him in the face mask. Now the ball got tipped. I think it was a hard catch, but. There were some really good throws by Walker. I mean, you know, had they started Walker earlier in the season, Harry, I think they, I think Matt Rule might still be the coach. Yeah, maybe so. And by the way, like, who do you have, like, right now? Right now, who do you have winning the NFC South? Do you still have Tampa? No, I don't. I, I mean, Tampa, yeah. Tampa's not yeah. good in any area. And, and New right. Orleans, I yeah. think, I think New Orleans, if they can get healthy. Because they're going to continue to run the six-back offense, I think that helps. But Dalton could blow up at any moment. 
I actually was watching that game thinking, you know, Carolina might win the South if they win this game. I actually did. I mean, they play Cincinnati this week, and, you know, I know it'll be a hard game. Then they come back and play Atlanta on Thursday night. So, oh, like, I'm, I was watching, like, like, the way they dominated Tampa, Carolina, I don't think Tampa, like, I don't think Tampa or, I don't think Tampa or uh, the Rams are just going to turn or flip the switch and become good again. Mm-hmm. No, I agree because, I mean, the for for how you said San Francisco, you like San Francisco, and I understood that. But I'd also, in my points last week, thinking that, okay, with a week off, McVay will get this right. They'll get the offensive line healthy for Stafford, and they will fix the running game. The, the running game for the Rams got actually worse, worse with some guy out of Fresno in his second year named <laughs> Reggie Rivers who had nine carries for 21 yards. Are you kidding me, uh, uh, L.A.? Are you kidding me? Uh, well, well, I mean, Ford. Harry, they ran – they ran 75 screens in the first half. I mean, they were every time that they needed a screen, tight end screen, an F screen, you know, they were just running screens. And so McVay's telling you that he, he knows anytime he calls a run, he's cursing himself because he knows it's yeah. going to get two yards. And so, and so what does he do? He comes up with plays that are run-like that can get him some, so, so he can stay ahead of the down and distance. And then once they got locked on coverage and – they took away the over routes. The game was over. I, I mean, the fact, I mean, I think this game, I wonder how you think about this, Ben. You too. How about how many chances they got inside the five, the, the two-yard line to score seven points? Oh. I mean, yeah. it was ridiculous. They kept calling defensive holding on San Francisco. Crazy. It was like unbelievable. Yeah. And and Fred the Rams Warner, still couldn't Fred, score. They still couldn't score. Fred Warner was all over the place on that, on that series. He was fantastic. And he made like, Three tackles alone in that series. But again, yeah, and you mentioned McCaffrey, not so great last week against Kansas City the week or the week before, but the, he, he flat out embarrassed, embarrassed the Rams last week. We move on, though, yeah. to Harry. You're, you're looking for some more success in Week 9. Yeah, team that also burned you was the Bears. You liked under last week, oh. and uh, the Cowboys, I mean, they t- took care of the total <laughs> on them on themselves with 49 points. Dolphins-Bears, two teams very active at the trade deadline now. What's your angle for this game in the Windy City this Sunday? Yeah, I couldn't believe how bad the Bears' defense looked and how bad they were uh, tackling. But I'm going to go – I'm going I'm to have – I'm going to continue that, though, into this game with the Dolphins. I'm going to go over 45-and-a-half. I know Chicago like, tra- traded possibly the best defensive player in the league in Roquan Smith, who led the, he leads the NFL in tackles. Fields has been much better in the last two weeks versus the Pats and Cowboys. Five total touchdowns. Three passing, two rushing. He's been using his legs, almost 150 yards rushing uh, those last two weeks, keeping drives alive. And on the Miami side, two is 5-0 and as a starter. Uh, had 382 yards last week. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle continue to dominate. They are definitely the best one-two punch at wide receiver in the NFL. They got 1,700 yards combined already in seven touchdowns. Uh, Edmonds traded to Denver gives Miami even less of a running game than they already have. I think this is going to be... Uh, a passing game for Dolphins. Uh, Miami, I think they're going to be able to score with those guys. And the Bears also, like I said, with Fields looking a lot better on offense, they'll score too. Miami's defense is the greatest. I'm going to go over 45 and a half. Well, I mean, I think the but one thing is, I think with, with Fields, the way they now have honed down, I don't think Fields can play very effectively, but in this offense, he can be more effective. I mean, he's, you know, I think he had the most completions in his in his in his season this year against Dallas. So, 
you know, and they got Claypool, maybe that'll help a little bit. But I, I think the way that the the one thing about playing the Bears, the Bears are smart enough to know they can't engage in a man-to-man game against against Kansas against Miami. So they got to play all cover two, and they got to encourage Jeff Wilson to be the running back. They got to say, okay, beat us running yeah. the ball. That might be the only negative yeah. in your over is if if Eberflus is smart, he's got to slow this game down. He can't get in a track beat. But look, they struggled to stop a really good running back last week, so that might be the downfall too. The good news, Harry, though, on the on the forecast, it does look very good in Chicago. There were early concerns on rain and wind; those don't yeah. appear to be there. And there were some big releases I saw in the betting markets. This was at forty-four. People do have confidence now that that is going to play out to an overpace. So I, I like where your head's at with that over forty-five and a half for Harry. Played number one in Dolphins and Bears. Uh, Michael and I also talked about this game earlier, primetime spot in Kansas City. Titans catching double digits. Michael wrote about this. Yeah. Mike Vrabel, you know, his eyes being a top-five coach. Hard to disagree with that when you think about what they have gotten out of that team so far. Uh, where would you look to, uh, to put your money in this spot with a double-digit spread? I'll tell you what. I'm taking the 12-and-a-half here uh, against Kansas City. Uh, the Titans, after two losses to start the season, guys, they have won five in a row, and their defense, has allowed 17 or less in four straight games. Derrick Henry is a machine. Let's call it what it is. He is just another 200-yard game last week. Totally took control of that game and won the game for the for the Titans. Kansas City is 23rd in points against, 26 in yards against. And in the last two games versus Kansas City, the Titans are 2-0 and straight up. And in their last six, against Kansas City. They are 5-1. and one. The Titans are straight up, and you're going to give me double digits here? 5-1 and one straight up in the last six against Kansas City, which includes a come-from-behind playoff win in Arrowhead for Vrabel. I'm taking the Titans with a 12-and-a-half here, guys. Yeah, and I think the only thing I would say, I completely agree, Harry, you got to make sure Tannehill's healthy. He's going to play. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you, can't, you can't go. You can't do it with Willis. I mean, and look, the last five weeks, this team has been really good. I mean, they have been really good. And they're, you know, and I think to me that where they started and where they are now is a tribute to how good Vrabel is as a coach. Yeah, yeah. optimism right now that Tannehill will go. Has that high ankle sprain, but right now, Harry, yeah. questionable. That is, yeah, that's a good point, Michael. That is part of the handicap here, Harry. Believing Tannehill will give it a go. Early signs is that he will. Uh, we don't want to neglect your four-teamer this week, Harry, because you did hit yeah, last week. I mean, you've, been, yeah. you've been great on the parlay, so before we get you out of here I in the next it. minute, what do you got? Yeah. The parlays have been good, right? Uh, this one plays uh, plus 178, a little less than last week, but I'm going to take tomorrow night, Eagles minus 800 versus Houston on the bottom line. Everything is great in Philadelphia, right? The Phillies, the Eagles are undefeated. Hurts to A.J. Brown. It's really working. Three touchdowns last week. Can't see Houston stopping this Philly offense. So first part of the leg. Minus 800, we'll take the Eagles. I'm going to come right back with the Vikings. My Vikings, again, that are 6-1, and one, minus 190 against Washington. I love this pickup of TJ Hawkinson, uh, you know, considering it takes a lot of pressure off Justin Jefferson having to do everything. And, and a lot of times, Minnesota, they might they, they stall in, the, in the, some of the games where, they get, where they're set up with 3rd and 6, 3rd and 7. They can't get that first down because – it's their focus on Jefferson too much or Cook too much to get it running the ball when the third and fourth. Hawkinson leads, led Detroit in yards, touchdowns so far this season. I think he's going to be huge for this Vikings team moving forward and against Washington on Sunday. So that's number two. Phil, minus 650 versus the Jets. Josh Allen, not familiar with his performance probably versus Green Bay last week. He played a lot better. Zach Wilson hurt the, hurt the Jets lately. And the loss of Brees Hall is evident. And the Pack, minus 250 against the Colts. Colts are a disaster. 
uh, and her 17th versus the run. Pats run the ball down their throat. That's Pats, Bills, Vikings, Eagles, Patriots. Boom. There it is. All right, Harry. Thanks, sir. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Harry. Awesome work, man. We wrap up next on the show. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. 
BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back for the final time on the Lombardi line. Thanks to our guests today, Mike Sando and Harry Gagnon. Thanks to our producer, Matt Santos, our technical director, Rob Moreno, everybody else hanging out behind the scenes at the Circus Sportsbook Studios downtown Las Vegas, where I'm at. I'm Ben Wilson, Patrick Maher, back tomorrow. Michael, our pro tip of the hour, of which we do every single hour here across the network. You talked about this this uh, earlier this hour. If you are somebody who makes your own power ratings in the NFL and you do your own numbers, this seems pretty, pretty simple, Michael, but as you talked about, sometimes we don't follow our own thoughts. Follow yeah. your numbers. Trust your numbers. Don't get swayed by what the market is doing or if there are things that scare you off a specific game. I think you, you could agree with this, Michael. You'd rather be wrong betting your into your own numbers than be wrong trying to bet against yourself because you think your numbers are flawed. And you talked about that with Minnesota and Arizona the last week. So just to catch us up here, your two numbers that probably have the biggest discrepancy to the line this week you like Minnesota minus eight. That was your number against Washington and Seattle minus four against Arizona. Your two numbers that are probably the biggest discrepancies from the market right now. So I know it's a simple pro tip, but if you make your own numbers, trust them. You, you make them for a reason, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, when you break down, when you break down Seattle, you know, their quarterbacks played really well. The last five games, they've played really good. Their points per play is second in the league. They're playing against a team that's 23rd in that category. Their red zone trips, now both teams are 13th in red zone trips. Now where Arizona's good is in the fourth quarter, but and Arizona Arizona is kind of a sneaky team because punts per play, they're eighth in the league. You know, they get seven, they're seventh in the league in first downs, but where they fall apart is defensively, they're 30th in points per play. Uh, they're, thir- they're, they're, they're not very good in pressuring the quarterback, so they're 28th in that category. And then their first half defense has been very poor. You know, they've been not very good in that area. And their red zone defense is the worst in the football, in National Football League. So there's so many things to like about Arizona, except for when you watch them and they turn the ball over and they make mistakes in the red zone. I mean, you know, they're 13th in red zone trips, but yet they're not very good in points per play. You know, they're 23rd mm-hmm. in points per play. So, you know, how is that possible, right? Like you're there, but your points per play is low. And they haven't gotten any better. And so Seattle is better defensively. And Seattle went in there last year. It kind of stuck in my mind. This is when Russell was playing quarterback. You know, and Russell turned the ball over, I think, on the second play. But Seattle dominated the game. And Arizona was going to the playoffs the next week and got dominated again the next week. They understand how to rush Kyler Murray. And until the last Thursday night game for Arizona against New Orleans had been horrific at home, both this year and in the back end of last year, I don't know how you don't tease Seattle up. If you're looking at the teaser leg of the week, to me, to put Seattle through three and seven, catching eight, you're making Kyler Murray beat you by two scores? How's that happening? That, that to me, is the obvious teaser leg of the week I'd be looking to play. 
Yeah, I, I think, look, anytime you can say Kyler Murray's going to do this or that, you're probably better off. I mean, in, in the, in the, in the one thing is both teams, you know, are, are, are very good at understanding who they are in terms of, look, they, the Seattle hasn't turned the ball over very much. They took advantage of the two turnovers by New York last week. And Arizona, for as many mistakes as they make on fourth down, they haven't really turned the ball over. They're, they're on the positive side of that category. So that's kind of going to be a wash. So, look, I, I like the way Seattle's mm-hmm. playing right now with a lot of enthusiasm. And their speed on defense, I think, is a problem. And I know Hopkins being back makes a difference for the Cardinals. But he's just the one guy. They can't do everything. If you rush Murray the right way, which I think Pete Carroll knows how to do it, it's hard on him. Minnesota showed how to rush him the right way on that potential game-tying drive at the very end. And so Arizona now still laying a short number to most spots in the market. I want to know where you make the number in one other game we're going to talk about before we go off the air. Jets and Bills, where you're seeing this about 12.5 market-wide. Interestingly, though, Michael, unlike some of these other spots with massive favorites, There's been a little market support for the Jets here from opening 13, now catching 12.5 at home against Buffalo. I have it at 10.5. And, And, you know, when you break down the Jets, I mean, the Jets really comes down to a sad story about can can they keep the quarterback from hurting them? Can they keep their own quarterback from breaking them down, right? You know, and and that's really the issue. But the last five weeks, the Jets have played really well. They have played really well. And they've done a nice job in that category. And they're, and they're very good. And typically, they have been very good in the fourth quarter going into the game. They're sixth in points per play defensively. You know, even though they're not a great third-down defense team, I think they have enough speed in terms of their athleticism to give Buffalo a tough game. The problem is when they turn the ball over. The problem is converting third downs. They're 21st in the league in converting third downs. They don't do that very well. They're 27th in the league in getting first downs. So how are they going to move the ball consistently? And the one, the best thing that you have if you want to play the Jets is last week. Because I think last week what it taught us about Zach Wilson is they're not going to let him play again. They're, not going, to, they're going to try to do everything they can to run the ball. And the problem with the Jets is their offensive line isn't good enough. Their offensive line is really the deterrent to their team. They can't hide it. You know, the Hall made a couple runs that kind of hit it, but their defense is good. Their defense is good. It's not elite. It's really not elite. It's, you know, there's some areas where you can get some, you know, everybody thinks the Jets are, they're 14th in the league in sacks per play. Like, they're not like causing turnovers and creating a, they're winning good game. They're winning, but they're not like forcing, you know, forcing the opponent to, to make a lot of, they're not San Francisco yet. They're not there. Right. They could get there, but they're just not there yet. The Zach so, Wilson piece of this, though, and that's where the handicap really comes down to, as you're saying. If you believe Wilson will be more in a position like he was the previous three weeks where didn't throw an interception, also didn't throw a touchdown, only averaging around 200 passing yards a game, but did not immediately kill the Jets. They were at least able to hang around and be competitive. Defense won, won them a couple of those games. That's where you could see them covering this number. If he's winging it all over the place, it's probably going to be a disaster. And Coach Robert Sala comes out and says, we, A, we never considered benching Zach Wilson. And B, barring injury, Wilson is going to be the guy. Con- continuing, you, you think that's the right move here for the, the Jets considering the other options they have? I mean, it's the only option they have. I mean, if they put Mike White in there and they try to, they can't turn the ball over, right? So if, if Mike White's not a lock to not turn the ball over. The reason they started slow is because they turned the ball over. They've got to play a certain way, right? They've got to say, okay, we're going to run the football. We're going to get two backs, two tight ends, whatever we're going to do. And we're going to punt the ball because we're not, I mean, they've won a couple games with not even converting third downs, Ben. 
I mean, that's how good they – I mean, they beat Denver. I think they converted two th- one-third down in that game. You know, and so they've got to be able to turn the ball over. They've got to be able to stay attached to the team into the fourth quarter. The problem is Buffalo is one of the best fourth-quarter teams defensively in the league. They are the best. You know, and, and the Jets are the 10th best. So this is a fourth quarter. To me, this game, everybody's going to want to play the over. What's the overall? What's it, 47? 47, 47 and a half, yeah. Yeah, I, I think to me, this is, I think it'll be an under. I think it's for the Jets to stay attached, it's got to be an under game. Oh, no question. It, it definitely is much of a correlation as we'll see this week. I'm looking for, again, if you believe the Jets try to keep things under control on offense, not put Zach Wilson in positions to actively hurt them. This that de- I'm with you. This definitely plays out uh, to an under pace. Uh, so that game now sitting pretty much market wide. We're now seeing it down to 12 and a half here. Was 13 early in the week. A little bit of interest on the Jets. And Michael, you make that number uh, 10 and a half. Before we get out of here, wanted to make sure you had a, a couple minutes to give your thoughts on uh, John McVay. I know he passed away late on Monday. Yeah. You, you too. Uh, he was a big part of giving you your start in the NFL. Uh, Sean McVay's yeah. grandpa passes away at 91. You know, it's it, there's always people that touch your life in, in certain ways. And, and when my when I was first starting in the league, John McVay was the general manager of the 49ers. And my job, one of my jobs was to go up into his office and uh, to make sure that his pro board had all the players lined up in the right spot and any transaction moved the board around. So that job, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it, it back then without all the, 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 the stuff that we have now, uh, it was. It took a while to get that done. So I got to spend a lot of time in his office, and I got to spend a lot of time listening to him. And he was just a very generous man with his knowledge. You know, he overcame. He overcame the fumble in New York, which got him fired. And he went into. He went into becoming an executive because he understood the game from a coaching standpoint. And that's what he always resonated to me was: you've got to understand what the coach is going through. You can't mm-hmm. think like just a personnel guy where it's always the coach's fault. And I'm forever indebted to him. I learned a lot. I kept in contact with him as I, as life went on, and I, and I and I appreciate everything he's done for my career, which has been substantial. Yeah, really well said. Uh, legendary coach and executive John McVay. Five Super Bowls he was part of with the 49ers. He and, uh, and Bill Walsh there into the 80s. Michael, as always, blast hanging out with you for a couple hours at a time as, as we do every Wednesday on the Lombardi line. Patrick is back tomorrow. And, uh, and he'll be with you then, Michael. I, I'm sure you'll have more to talk Thanks, about. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate you every Wednesday. I look forward to Absolutely. it. Thank you so it's much. Blast for me as well. We say so long from the Lombardi line. Up next, it's VEASAN Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.